So we all know how important it is to work out and be active. But let's be honest, especially as black people, the worst is ending up with sweaty hair and scalp. Sunday to Sunday has products for black active women to remove the buildup and odor that comes from sweating after a hard workout. And these products have active botanical ingredients, you know my kind of language, that improve the health of your scalp so that you can sweat and slay. Also, it's black owned. Hello. Get your own workout hair routine today with 15% off your first purchase. Visit mysundaytosunday.com and use code GROWN. Sunday to Sunday is also available online at Sephora and Ulta.com. It's so good <laughs> loving somebody when somebody loves you back. And that's the fact. To be loved and be loved in return. It's the only thing that my heart desires. Just appreciate the little things I do. Oh, you're the one who's got me inspired. Keep on lifting, lifting me higher. <laughs> yes, give it to me. It's so good, good. Loving somebody when somebody, somebody loves you back. you back. Hey, that's a fact. And that's a fact. About 30, 30. Not 60, 40. I'm talking about 50, 50 love. Mm. Mm. Hey. Mm. Oh, a jam. I love you some Teddy P. I mean, so Theodore so good. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Theodore Pendergrass. <laughs> I mean, Theodore Pendergrass. I mean, we're going to speak his name forever. 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 Ever. Okay. I truly, truly thank God for that. He place. said Absolutely. to love. And be loved. That's the only thing that my heart desires. Mm. I mean, he took over Harold Melvin's group. Remember, he was in the Blue Notes? And then he just was like, we didn't come to see you, Otis. Teddy Pendergrass. That's all we really care about. I also want you all to understand that Teddy Pendergrass is one of the only niggas who vocally talks about consensuality in his songs. He said... I'd like to come over and and pour you some wine. And we don't have to do much. (laughs) We can do whatever you're ready to do. Just know that I'm ready to do it. But if you're not ready to do it, we ain't got to. Y'all got to go pay attention to Teddy P. He's going to put you niggas on to game because you ain't got none. Praise the (laughs) Lord, nigga. We all hear a third voice. Welcome back. Yes. Praise the Lord. Constant friend to the show. My best friend. Everybody say, hey, Toya. Hey, Toya. Hey. Toya's back. And we are back uh, uh, for a reason. You know, Toya comes on the show all the time, but we're excited to help Toya we promote are. her latest venture. We'll get more <laughs> into that in during the kitchen table. But uh, Toya's written a book, everybody. Yes, she has. She's an author. It's called Oh, Hell No. Yes. And uh <laughs> oh, hell, it yes. is called Lose the Thoughts, Keep the Mind, uh, How yes. to Stop Overthinking, Overthinking. It's a self-help book. 
and uh, it is it will be released this coming October 10th, which is also World Mental Health Day. That's yes. right. And so we're going to talk about the book and, and Latoya's mm-hmm. journey to writing the book and what we all can hope to glean from her words of wisdom that she has mm-hmm. so chosen to publish um, and distribute to the public. We're all yes. excited yes. and very proud of her, but super yes. proud. Let's get into let's get into this show. What's going on? Everyone doing well? Yes. The world is on well, fire, but how, how are we maintaining? I was like, something's going on out there. I'm good. I, you know, I've I, I had a child with a cold, which yes. let me tell you, a cold in 2021 is not a cold in 2019, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we are very yeah. I mean, what is anxious time. I mean, because I have a panic attack after every sneeze. Yeah, I mean, same. it is a prayer. I mean, I plead the blood of Jesus every time I have any sort of anything, whether it be a sniffle, any cough, a itch yeah. in my throat, my Child. and I have allergies, so I have been just torturing myself for the last, especially what, the week, last, but the last week especially Whew. has been a sp- uh, a specific hell. Oh man, how are you, Toya? I'm good. Um, I can't complain. You know, I too tend to think it's the big one every time I cough or if I sneeze. Um, so, <laughs> you know, living life in a pandemic mm. like everybody else. Bitch, let me so, tell y'all. She came home with that cold. Immediate, Tristan was like, keep the mask on. <laughs> we put her- <laughs> She pulled nah, it up for what's Yo, and the kid, yo, the kids get it too because I'll tell you something. When I was in church two weeks ago, I picked up a little baby. She's so cute. And I was like, hey, girl. I'm not going to disclose her name because we don't do that to kids. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, girl. And I'm talking to her. And then she was like, uh-uh. I put that baby down so <laughs> fast and Ooh, sent her. Don't drop the and baby. And not only did I put her down, I kind of like tapped her back like, go. That way. <laughs> go over there. Please. Go that way. This direction. Go with two fingers. Oh, no, he came in the room at 4 a.m. Get out of here. Trying uh, to get in my bed. I was like, uh-uh. Baby, uh-uh. <laughs> I Put talk, that little yes, baby down quick. Because I talked, I talked to Jay earlier today. I called Jay. And Noah tried to pick up Jay's phone. Do not touch my phone. Why are you standing near me? Get away from me. You don't have to be so close to me. Why are you talking? I was like, whoa. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yo, oh the kids God. get it, too. The kids is not... It's not they Asian. are not... What's like, the word? Do not touch my phone. Do not touch my phone. My no, phone. Why are you like, touching my? Why phone? are you spraying my your phone with alcohol? I was like, because you touched it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the kids get it too. Oh goodness, bro! But we did a rapid right. test at home. I had a feeling she didn't because she wasn't coughing. She we broke the fever in thirty minutes. Shout out to her Caribbean ass that Kia was cracking up because I was cracking up because I mean this <laughs> she, method that they used she, to break this baby's fever. She came home with the fever, so we said, okay, best put her in the bathroom. Closed the windows, had her put her in a raincoat, had her button it up and put the hood on. And she had it turned the shower on so that it was oh basically God. a hot box situation. And she had to like run in place and move around in the bathroom and Are start sweating me? to break her fever. When I tell y'all we broke that fever in 30 minutes, it has not come back. I know that's right. I mean, so, she, 
the baby. <laughs> that's like that's like me with the sauna blanket. You can get in the sauna blanket and you just sweat, 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 yeah. and that fever will break right away. Yeah, we do. We just you mm-hmm. got to cut the fever, Kia. But I told Kia we had her in a rainbow like, running in the bathroom. I said, not put the baby. You made the baby do a workout in the bathroom in a raincoat, and she don't feel well. You made her said, do the rain. Mm-mm. I know. Do the running man in the raincoat said, in the bathroom. But guess what? Said, she went to bed at seven o'clock. I yeah. guess so, she because tired. she had, I mean, a strenuous, she's put such a strain on her life. She was tired. <laughs> Bless it right now, God. I said, Lord, well, We thank God that that fever I'm glad broke. that, and I'm glad that Noah's okay. You know, colds come with going back to school, and the babies are they back do. at school, and so, uh, you know, children are generally cesspools for bacteria, so, I mean, it was mm-hmm. bound to happen, and we just take these extra precautions. My ENT, when I went to the ENT, she was saying, because we've been wearing masks for so long... Our, our bodies are like, you know, the we're not systems. coming into contact with the same sort of, you know, yeah. and we're in the house more. So she was like, you know, yep. usually you have allergies your whole life, but you're in and out of the house. So your body sort of like brails up some immunity. But when you've been in the house for six months, every time you open your door, the pollen mm-hmm. is like, whoa, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, your body reacts to the pollen in such a, a intense way because you're not in, engaging with the outdoors in the same way that you were. I'm just like, wow. True. And that's why them kids is not exempt. And I will throw them little, little babies we'll down like bowling balls. Continue to like do so. bowling balls. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. baby like that meme. <laughs> <laughs> I will slide that baby back to her mother like she's like a bowling ball. Uh-uh. 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 I said, uh-uh, go. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Get no, out of no, here. No, 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 no. Yeah. I get it. No, no, no. We all no, need no, to no, get no. our vitamin D on. Get our vitamin D up and our vitamin C. Where did you get the rapid at-home test from? CVS. Oh, they have it like in the store? You can get them from Walgreens, CVS. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that they have them. Though sometimes they'll have, if you got to go back to the pharmacy department and then where they do a bunch of different tests, like they have a bunch of yeah. type of at-home tests, now they have the COVID test. It's just a matter of it's making sure. It's like $30, sure they, $40, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Making sure they have them in stock. I, I, I get them for emergency purposes. Yeah. To make sure you know if there's if there's anything, but they they are they come in handy, and she gets tested once a week at school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was another reason why I, you know I didn't think she had it, but I was like, bro, these colds just don't hit the same. <laughs> it just is not yeah. the same anymore. But that is that. Shall we get into a little trash today? I think we should. Like a smidge. Let's get into a smidge of trash. Let's go for it. A smidge. <laughs> Oh, it's basura time and the world is on fire. (laughs) So I had a hard time looking for the trash this week. Not also because I'm not interested, but also um, the everything is down. Everything is down. (laughs) Facebook is down. Instagram is down. WhatsApp is down. Uh, What else is down? Um, Some Verizon shit, some T-Mobile shit, some... Everything is down. And they say it's because there was a whistleblower. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, reporting live from Conspiracyville, you know, tinfoil Twitter. Uh, oh, they say there was goodness. a whistleblower who essentially leaked all of these different um, powerful officials, text and, and, and financial records and revealed all their offshore bank accounts and things like that. And then bloop. Everything goes down. Mark Zuckerberg has lost at this $7 point billion. seven billion dollars. 
Um, I mean, that's like seven dollars to him. I mean, truly, I mean, he got it. But I mean, yeah, who it's feels still bad? A lot of money. We all know I, how he obtained I Facebook mean, in the first place. Uh, yeah, no one. I don't know that we're all, anyone is uh, feeling sorry for him, but you know, I don't think so. But that, but they're feeling sorry for themselves because all of social media is down. <laughs> well, it's back up. Actually, I just noticed. Just oh, now. are they? Um, oh, is it? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's moving slowly, but um. It is back up. I tried to post a post. It won't let me post anything, but I can see posts. Okay. So other people have been able to post? Yeah, and I've been seeing my DMs because, you know, I was saying, usually I don't have no business happening in my DMs, but the one day, like, we're trying to book some some guests for a Mm -hmm. a Getting Grown show, and I was working with a friend who's, you know, connecting the dots and helping me get some things in order, and he sent an email address for me and it was like hostage in my DMs. And I'm like, what are the odds? What are the odds? Usually I have no business in the DM. And the one day that I need to attend to something in the DMs, the whole Instagram is down. And I just don't understand. I know because after we talked, I went to go try to obtain the information. I was That's what I'm saying. To. I'm just like, and I was like, God damn, I can't even find the email. Like, Shit. I say, you see, I'm trying to be productive. I'm trying to be on top of things. It's fine. It's fine, though. Crisis averted. I was able to contact, you know, the person via Twitter and get the information. So we're 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 all good. I just had we're to do a little track. work around, but it was it was See, annoying. Shout out to Twitter so, for holding us down today. Uh, Twitter was the one who, you know, came back home always. <laughs> and TikTok. I was on TikTok laughing up. <laughs> Didn't abandon us. Didn't abandon us. Oh wait. Us. Speaking yeah. of which, hold on. I have to play a TikTok for you if you don't know. It T- says TikTok is funny. It says when the cougar, when your cougar wants to be in the TikTok videos too. Okay, wait. Let me oh, make Lord. sure my sound is up because this shit had me down. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. You gotta send it to me. Oh, wait, I can't get it good. I'm confused. Yeah, wait, I me, can't get it wait, good. Is that the lady singing along? <laughs> yes. And he keep looking. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just I need you. I just I just don't understand because you have to you have Send to it. hear her text in the background. Me, text me that. Because <laughs> she's singing with the she's singing with the. It's like a young people coon tune, and she's singing along with it. But you this all you hear singing is her. along with it. Like it's okay. <laughs> I just sent it to you. <laughs> she, oh she, had it, that old lady. she had that little old lady for Prado. She's like, really singing. <laughs> she's like, How many people gonna be there? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I actually won't. Actually, won't. <laughs> that shit cracks me up. And the caption was when your cougar, when your cougar wants to join in on your no, shit is down. I, I was. Mean, I was <laughs> tears in her eyes. I mean tears. You have to tears listen for the little voice. It's so funny. <laughs> Shout out to Vina B for posting that. Because <laughs> that shit took me out. How many people in there? That's like oh, an old lady Lord. trying to sing Roddy Rich. Hopped in the coop in a lock, trying to come out good clock twice, and I'm gonna skirt in a lock. You know that's how it sounds. <laughs> um, in positive news, so in honor Ooh, of Chadwick Boseman, Netflix is creating a $5.4 million scholarship for Howard University students. This is um, good. Nice. This is good. But yes. you know, I mean, I'm not, you know, I, I, well, 
I brought that up for a reason, and I want to do that. <laughs> Aliyup me, Aliyup me. We are there. Black people don't only go to HBCU. Not only oh, that, yeah. not only that. I do feel like you know that is the conversation, right? I think that a lot of times people feel like the only way to support Black people in Black institutions is through scholarships, uh-huh. and scholarships are critical. Scholarships are crucial. They are very important. We're grateful for the scholarships, but there are other ways that black communities and black institutions need to be supported that mm-hmm. extend beyond just tuition monies, right? Yes. So there's so much that goes into keeping Howard, Howard, right? Maintaining the quality and integrity of education, the, you know, making sure the facilities are up to par, all of those things rely on so many different sources, not just tuition dollars. And so I just wish that we would invest more in the infrastructure of HBCUs. And, you know, tuition money is does contribute to that. But there are just so many other ways that we can be more intentional about mm-hmm. building up HBCUs as institutions um, and thereby building up and sustaining, you know, black communities as a whole. And which I we're going, we're going to get to this because this is yes. something that keeps coming up. Yes. Um, and this is something that is just nagging at me personally. So we're going to have to find a way to have this conversation. Oh, we're going it, to have it very make soon. Make it meaningful. Well, yeah, I would like to, I can't wait to hear that conversation because I, I mean, I agree with, with, your, with what you're saying, but as someone who did not go to an HBCU, mm-hmm. um, I feel like a lot of the times, a lot of the black students, we get missed. We are like the middle child or like people just yeah. jump right over us yeah. and forget that there are thousands of us who don't right. go to HBCUs mm-hmm. who would also benefit from these things. So I'm also at work in a lot of these meetings where these organizations and these companies are like hitting HBCUs hard. But even some of the high level people are like, well, I didn't go to HBCU. And there are thousands of other black students um, who need help that are going to PWI. So how are you going to tap into that Mm -hmm. and, and build those students up to as well? Because not that HBCU students don't need that help, but there's an added layer for black students in PWIs. Who get, who like, those are, yeah. I think I think that's too important conversation. There's, for sure. That's an important conversation because there's a lot of stuff that we have to endure right. and go through and barriers and ceilings that we have to break. It shouldn't be either or. It, 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 the conversation must be, be approached from, end. like, a both-and uh, yes. both space. And yes. for too long, this Inclus- is a way inclusive. that... Right. For too long, this is a way that, like, systemically they've been able to sort of pit hit us uh, against, against one another and so it's mm-hmm. like we're, we're both both sides of the coin is fighting over the same carrot when in right. fact it ought to be carrots for everybody and mm-hmm. so um what what other things that we need to do and i think it does it's, it's just about informing the narrative right and i think it's helping to helping to bring awareness to how these things operate so that we can really understand the way that these structural barriers exist. It's the only way we're going to be able to be able to to dismantle them. And so, Mm -hmm. um, you know, from, from all of these organizations funneling this money into HBCUs, they're doing it in a very, very, I don't want to say, I mean, it's, it's important and it's necessary, but it's, Mm -hmm. there's so many other ways that they, that, that we can, um, invest in mm-hmm. in black organizations um that will sustain them 
um, yep. long term, right? Um, and there's other like political implications to just just doing things on the tuition side, um, mm-hmm. when in fact it's like you know I used an analogy on Twitter. It's kind of like if you. You know, a lot of our HBCUs, unfortunately, are struggling when it comes to issues of infrastructure. And, um, you know, that's because they are have been systemically marginalized in the larger context. Right. So it's not yes. it's not a, a function of their fault, but the system has operated against them. And so mm-hmm. literally what we're doing is like by by funding people to go to these institutions it's like somebody paying for you to vacation at a resort that that is falling down right so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if why, why don't we just invest in the resort such that you know it's a it's a better experience for all of us it's like we're sending all of these people in and the monies that are be used are, are being used to just sort of keep things operating as they are when we could mm-hmm. really fix things if we were mm-hmm. to invest in infrastructure and not just in tuition money so we do need to support families and communities in attending hbcus but we also need to support the hbcus themselves and there are some and particular when ways you to do say that. infrastructure i'm saying like like um that's a good question sorry um so why what are we doing to to fund um administrative needs whether that mm-hmm. be uh you know supporting hiring supporting uh, policy reform. Um, what does it mean, like in terms of making like there are certain things, you know, infrastructure is actual buildings and facilities that need to be uh, renovated or torn mm-hmm. down. Um, there's certain levels of, of expansion um, in terms of dealing with issues of equity and inclusion. Uh, faculty development, faculty training. What are the things? How do we pay? We like faculty. You know, this comp- need to be compensated for adopting different things they need to be trained to do certain things and all of that requires money mm-hmm. and all of that contributes to the infrastructure of the entire educational system at a hbcu and so it's important for us yep. to know how our monies are being spent not only with respect to tuition but even our donations alum yeah. who graduate from these institutions often give back with little to no thought with where that money is going and how it's being exactly. used right so um athletics uh, you know, expanding um, degree programs. Right, right. Expanding degree programs, improving dorms, getting things up mm-hmm. to code, investing in, you know, research centers and, and those kinds of things that really sort of um, contribute to the, the quality of education mm-hmm. um, and ensuring that, that HBCUs can hire competitive faculty, right? There's some HBCUs that can't afford to get, you know what I'm saying? Because if, if I can... If, if this PWI is going to pay me better, you know, the faculty are going to go there. So so there are all kinds of things that can can um, enter into a conversation about infrastructure. And tuition is a part of the bottom line at HBCUs, but it's not the whole thing. And so mm-hmm. if we want to really sustain um, these institutions long term to ensure that they are here to serve future generations of black and brown students, then there are other ways that we can meaningfully invest our monies. That's all. That's Absolutely. all I'm saying. So scholarships are amazing. But mm-hmm. and this I is not I just want to say what's up? Takia is so smart. Oh, great. All the time. I say because I really needed to know what infrastructure was. Is my dumbass <laughs> sitting over here like I kind of understand, but you do know what infrastructure is. 
you know what I was thinking when you saying infrastructure, I was the thinking about buildings. programming. Oh. No, I was thinking about programming and like putting money into all of that is true. Different all kind of, of that is part of it. Though. All of that is a part oh, of it. Okay. All of that is a part of it. Like it costs money to fund staff and to have adequate staff to make sure that yeah. literally to keep the place running. That's what I mean yeah. in terms of infrastructure. We got to keep and, the and to keep on. it running and uh, to keep it running also in a, in a way that is productive to where these students are getting what they're here for. So it goes like right. everything Kia said, where it goes into the programming, it goes into how you're investing into the staff down right. to the nutritional needs. I saw a video right. of a girl at Howard. Sorry who was talking about the juice machine been broken since she got there. And she was like, things are true. highlighting all of these things that were wrong within the cafeteria. And it's like, how are you, how are you nourishing these students for them to even feed themselves properly? <clears throat> in order still, to, and, I mean, it, and it's a lot of people. And I'm, we didn't go to HBCUs. Um, but, so this is not shade, right? No, no shade at all. But, you know, the, Please, no. the Please, no, because no. we're not trying to get into that. Either. I don't want to get dragged. Mm-mm. But no, no, no. <laughs> I'm like, just saying, no like, you know, throughout social media and just sort of like culturally, there is, you know, everyone always jokes about how administratively things are slower. You know, it takes you a long time to register. It takes you a long time to process mm-hmm. things in terms of financial aid. There are all of these like administrative hiccups to handling the business um, of being a college student. And that speaks to infrastructure. Right. Mm-hmm. So there are only two people working in the registrar when it's 600,000 students here. You know, how can we make things more efficient and more productive? Yeah. And that all goes to making sure that our the funding is being funneled, funneled and utilized in Into the right the spaces. Places. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's like, are we just building stadiums and and flashy yeah. new buildings? Or are we are we right. investing in like what the administrative, actual administrative and institutional needs of the of the college and university might be? Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so scholarships are amazing, but it would be so dope if someone would actually say, you know, I'm going to take this million dollars and really make sure that it goes into sort of making sure that these institutions are operating at optimal levels. Yes. Whatever that because means. Because that's what the students deserve. Right. Who attend we need to HBCUs. upgrade from paper registration to getting the latest, you know, computer system, you know, mm-hmm. getting students registered. Do we need to upgrade the phones in the dorms? Do we need to upgrade? You know, there's other things, right? Have we been able to hire new faculty in this particular Mm -hmm. department for the last five years? No, because we can't afford it. So how do we make sure that every department is getting equitable access to resources? And these are just kinds of the questions that come to my mind when I hear that, you know, so-and-so person has, you know, donated to scholarship. Like Jeff Bezos' wife, you know? Like, what if somebody like her were to get with a task force of people who study college HBCUs or study, you know, black people and, and said, how can I use my money? How can we invest this money into black communities in ways that matter? Mm-hmm. As opposed to just saying, oh, black people, HBCUs. All right, cut the check. So right? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. yeah. It's just like because a real superficial actually would way. be a snowball effect because if Absolutely. you invest in the infrastructure, Absolutely. then the, I would assume the numbers of enrollments would Absolutely. go up. Grant, people yeah. would be getting more grants. And they'll yes. have the means. The you institution know what I'm will have they'll the have, means. They'll start to have the means. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's really what's, what the conversation is all about, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It's, it's like literally we're, we're looking at, we're addressing the symptoms of the problem when we could be addressing the causes. Exactly. Um, and, you know, I would just love for 
people to just let's use this money the right way. And what I'm what I'm learning is that for so long, this is what it really means when we talk about systemic racism. Mm-hmm. The infrastructure mm-hmm. is is built. It's like this yes. the, the, the landscape was set up so that we would be in this position. Mm-hmm. And now that some of we've been blessed to have the education and awareness to learn how the system is operating, we know what it will take to dismantle it. But yep. we just have to have the resources to really fuel that kind of work. And that's what it's really all about. When we talk about institutional transformation, it's about undoing the systemic ways that certain populations have been marginalized. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take more than scholarships, y'all. That's all I'm saying. Absolutely. Because it goes yeah. across the board. If you want to expand it outside of HBCUs, look in black neighborhoods. Absolutely. I, food deserts and mm-hmm. lack of proper nutrition and resources. And I know Absolutely. I keep bringing that up, but that's because it's, it's very important to me. No, because the one thing that, informs yeah. the and other. Peop- mm-hmm. Yeah, and people will get scholarships i.e. like me coming into college and fail the fuck out you know what i'm saying <laughs> you know what i mean or you know or or just you know bomb all, well i didn't fail out of school obviously i got degrees but i bombed you know what i'm saying right. my freshman year so you know that's also something to think about like you know how the money is being invested For in sure. the students when sometimes the you invest that money in someone who doesn't necessarily have discipline, but if mm-hmm. you had the infrastructure to teach them the discipline. Yes, yeah, so though, the so it's the infrastructure goes to both sides. So the infrastructure is needed in higher ed. It's also needed in K-12. It's also needed mm-hmm. in public health. It's also mm-hmm. needed, you know, across all of these different societal factors because mm-hmm. it's, that's where the racism, the racism exists in all of these systems. So mm-hmm. it's not like we fix it in higher ed. We're going to have to fix it everywhere. But it's, it's just it's a matter of changing the conventional practice. Right. So now mm-hmm. it's become yeah. trendy. It's become a conventional practice for us to address the problem by paying tuition. And it's like, OK, yeah. tuition needs to be paid. Right. I'm not yeah. saying that it doesn't because I don't want people to be like, y'all are not grateful. We got to be grateful. We're grateful for the mm-hmm. money because it's important that these students get the education. But I'm saying mm-hmm. we can educate so many more students if we invest in the institutions themselves Absolutely. in like manner, I'm not saying cut off the scholarships so that we can't invest in institutions. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it's got to be both, both of them. If we're, going to, if we're going to get to where we need to get to. I mean, yeah. in all transparency, I, after attending a, a community college, the plan was always to switch to a university. My first choice and the first place that I went was an HBCU. I'm not going to call mm-hmm. out names. Um, I paid for school out of pocket. That was, I, I had to work my, myself through school, which is why I attended community college before switching over to a university. And in that, in switching over, and I'm working on my finances and my paperwork and my registry, the classes were overcrowded. The registry office was very slow. That's not a dig. But a I dig. would have loved very much to have the HBCU experience, but... I was not afforded, I was not allowed to have that HBCU experience because I could hardly get through the registration to get mm-hmm. into the classes to even be able to attend. And I ended up having to switch over to a PWI, which that's not to say, oh, PWI, it's because they are invested, people invest in their infrastructure, the infrastructure that Kia is talking about. When I look at the, 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 vast contrast between the original school that I was going to attend and the school that I ended up attending just from the gym 
just from the registry office, things. just right. from dealing with right. the finance department. It was it was so clear that it was not the same. And yeah. it's because it is not properly invested in. Absolutely. It's not to shit on the on the universities or not us having all. our own because it's beautiful that we have these. And so many more of us would love to have this experience. But unfortunately, because these systems are not set up for success, then it just kind of makes things a kerfuffle. No. Yeah, it's true. You know, I think I think we were honestly living in luxury on our campus. And it didn't feel like it at the I time. Be, it didn't feel like it at the time. <laughs> no, but when you look but at when some... I started to see yeah. what like what Clark Atlanta's dorms was looking like when I visited no or like I no shade because please y'all, please y'all, please, please. I, y'all know I tend to get a little uh, overwhelmed. <laughs> Don't start dragging me because I'm not dragging. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying. Comparatively I went speaking. To, in comparison mm-hmm. to and what that, other dorms look like, I had carpet. There were I needs, had my own bathroom. Right. There were needs. I had space. Um, we did a room lottery and nine times out of ten. Like, it was not, you know what I'm saying? Like, we were living in luxury. Mm-hmm. Even if you had, even if you lived in the suites, Y'all had a living room. I never lived in the suites, but y'all had a living room mm-hmm. set up looking like somebody home. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like with the with these bedrooms and this bed like it, we did live in luxury and mm-hmm. it's not like that from a lot of the campuses that I've been to mm-hmm. on HBCU campuses. And so what I really agree. sucks what Invest I what also in sucks kind of stuff. is when you see an HBCU across the street from a PWI and the, that's the, that cuz that's what ended up happening with vast, me. I ended up going to the PWI difference. across the street. It's a vast difference. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times too, not only is just the money put into the HBCU and then you don't know where it's going, a lot of times it's put into the gentrification and the neighborhood around that because yeah. they're usually colleges are usually built in uh in underdeveloped neighborhoods, right? Mm-hmm. So then they put it into all these different uh all this gentrification in the neighborhoods surrounding it. So that that creates another issue in which mm-hmm. you are um, pushing the people out of the neighborhood who are born and raised there and live there all to cater to these PWIs. So it's there's so many different layers it's to this. There's so many different layers. But we're going to have a conversation about it. We actually have some things planned around this coming up in the very near future. And I'm going to... I can't for- wait to listen. Oh, I'm very excited, actually, especially mm-hmm. with Kia's brain. Uh, and some I'm of the have you know some fabulous much smarter guests. people on the show. Oh yes, to we really are, dig hey. into it. <laughs> um, or that's what their specialty is. The, you know, right. that's what they that's what they focus on. So I'm really excited to have that conversation. So make sure you all stay tuned for that. That's um, actually in the works, and we're sure going to forego are. the rest of the trash because we've we've spoken so long on this. We've I'm talked. really excited to get we've to our chit- kitchen table. I mean, we chit chatted. I mean, we that's doing? fine. That's what that's happens what at the kitchen table. <laughs> That's what we do. Let's go. My sister's popping right now. This week's shout out to my sister's brought to you by Target. Target is partnering with HBCUs to support the next generation of black talent. And one of the ways Target is teaming up with HBCUs is through Target's HBCU Design Challenge, where HBCU students submit designs to be included in Target's Black History Month collection. Winners also receive a cash prize, equipment, mentoring, and networking opportunities. This year's winners are from FAMU, Bowie State, and Hampton. Check back during Black History Month to see the latest winners' designs that will be featured in Target's 2022 Black History Month collection. And we know how important this is for us to elevate um, upcoming Black artists and uplift upcoming Black artists. As um, you know, as as a people, we're not always put into those places where we're set up for success. If we're going to be honest, right? 
So I think it's beautiful that this is a space where we're able to highlight um, some of those artists coming out. Celebrate your legacy. Invest in the future. Together we are Black Beyond Measure. Visit Target.com slash Black Beyond Measure to learn more. Shout out to my sis time. And we are so privileged and so excited to shout out this this really cool company. It's going to sound like I've worked with them, but it was just totally happenstance. And I'll tell that story in a minute. But we are shouting out. We are featuring this uh, this week. We are featuring um, awesome businesses that are founded by uh, HBCU grads. And we're going to start with... Italian Twine, which is a watch company that was founded by Randy D. Randy D. Williams, who's a graduate of Albany State University in Albany, Georgia. The name Italian Twine represents a formerly crime-riddled intersection in a neighborhood in Portsmouth, Virginia, that is now a thriving community. So Italian Twine, the company, offers upscale timepieces and stands as a symbol that we don't have to finish in the manner that we started. And mm-hmm. they offer a wide range of watches, um, all kinds of high-end uh, black-owned uh, wrist watches and, and timepieces of that nature. Um, a few weeks ago, a photographer friend of mine that lives in this area asked me to um, model some watches, and I didn't even connect the two, but uh, it, was for Ital- it was for Italian twine. So when I went on the website today to like get some information about this feature, I saw my own face, which was a little odd. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, either way, we are glad to be here. And I really do like the watches. Uh, I wore a, a black on black, like matte finish watch, which I thought was really cool. And I wore a red one uh, as well. Um, and they're really well-made watches. They have really fun wristband options. And we just love that it is uh, Black-owned and more specifically owned by an HBCU grad. Absolutely. So shout out to Tally and Twine. We will leave all of their information in the description box below. And y'all should check them out because they've got some really cool I'm checking them out right now. At a range of price points. Which is oh, this really is cool. Do you see me? I'm like right there. Shots the like, yes, oh, look it's at the you. Fame. It's the fame me. for me. It's the fame for me. Ain't nobody famous. It's the fame for me. You're right here. You're big face. Big. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. I said, oh, okay. But yes, this black watch down at the bottom is the one. It's a men. It's a men's watch. That's the what's one of the ones that I had the opportunity to try. Um, cause I'm one of those girls who likes, you know, I will wear a men's watch. I don't have, you don't tell me. They better give me this AKA band. dainty watch. Yes. Oh, this but, is cute. Um, this is a men's watch. I want this for myself. It's a men's watch, right? That's what I'm saying. Like some, I, I, sometimes I tend to find myself gravitating more towards men's watches, but mm-hmm. either way, y'all check out Tally Ooh. and Twine. Awesome company yeah. by HBCU grad. Um, and I love the story behind it. There's a really cute video in the About Us where Randy is and his wife and his precious daughter are there introducing them and sort of telling the story behind the business, which is dope. So y'all check out Italian Twine, man. That's what's up. Information will be in the description box. For sure. All right, let's move on to this kitchen table. I'm very excited to be there. You need to check out the McDonald's two for $6 meal. 
You can get any two of your favorites for only $6, honey. U.S. currency, that's $6. You can get a Big Mac sandwich, a filet of fish sandwich, a quarter pounder with cheese sandwich, or a 10-piece chicken McNuggets. At McDonald's, there's something in their deals for every moment in life, whether it's a cure for a long late night out or something to satisfy all the members of your family on their cross-country road trips. Now you can get your favorite McDonald's items for a great, great price. So I remember McDonald's was like a staple in my house coming up. And I remember like having your own Big Mac was like a rite of passage. So I remember being a young girl and aspiring to be able to eat a Big Mac sandwich on my own. Um, and I remember the, the age that I that I did it. And I still am so proud of myself as I grew up. I was, a one, I was one girl amongst my brother and all my cousins were male. My first cousins were male. So I was trying to keep up with these boys, literally gorging myself on the Big Mac sandwich um, and feeling so proud when I was able to eat it. And I mean, I'm sure that I was stuffed to capacity, <laughs> but, but it was so good. And every time I think of a Big Mac sandwich, I smile because it's like, man, I did that. I conquered the Big Mac sandwich. No, so that's right. I love it. Order ahead on the McDonald's app and get two of your faves for just six bucks. And that's six dollars. Again, U.S. currency. Don't play with us. Price and participation may vary. Single items are at regular price. Limited time offer. All right. We're back at the kitchen table. We've mm-hmm. just been a ha-ha and kiki and kiki and ha-ha. Yeah. Um, but yes, talking. the matter at hand, we are here to discuss Toya's latest book i'm gonna say latest because you're gonna buy you're gonna you're gonna write more um i do the analog girl lose the thoughts keep the mind yes how to stop overthinking overthinking so toya tell us what like what brought you to the decision to write a book like what of all of all the ways that you could tell your story what made you say i'm gonna put this in the book form so, um, my decision came because I'm always getting um, DMs from people who listen to the podcast asking questions. Do you have tips? Can you tell me how you got through the personalization? Can you tell me how you did this? Blah, blah, blah. So, um, at first I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to start blogging and like put this stuff so I can like send someone, send people somewhere. Because I never, like I would help people, but then I was also giving um, other people's resources or other people's information to them Mm -hmm. so I was just like you know what I'm just gonna like put these put my ideas together in a book um I can't write for shit but I was just like I'm gonna do (laughs) 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 I'm gonna do this um and figure it out you know what I'm saying and (laughs) and I'm just gonna put all my ideas in the book and and the tools and the things that I've done um to help myself through anxiety and my struggle with depersonalization put it in the book so that there is a tangible resource that I can give people mm-hmm. or, or route them to when they come to ask me for help. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we've ever mm-hmm. I don't think that we've ever fully got into your experience with depersonalization and sort of how you've sort of come to this place in your life where you are now helping folks deal with anxiety in all these different ways. So walk us back to yes that time in your life where you had this experience and how, how, how that's brought you from there to here? Um, so, uh, back in 2018, March 1st, 2018 to be exact, um, I woke up and 
was trying to go about life as regular, but I was not feeling regular. Mm -hmm. So um, I was like, you know, maybe my iron is low. I don't know. Like, um, I'm feeling really dreamlike. So I was like, hit my mom, like, yo, like, how did you feel when you, you know, your, your iron was low? Because, like, I feel like I'm in a dream. Like, I feel dreamy. So weird. Mm-hmm. And my mom would be like, girl, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Black know, she said, no, You know, I don't know. She'd be like, I mean, what time you got to be to work? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she's just like, so is you going to work or not? So, um, you know, it started to get. It started to progress, and I started to feel even more like dreamy. Like when and you say dreamy, it that, felt like you were walking, like you were living in a dream. Like you didn't feel like you were right. inside of your. Yes. Okay. It's like it didn't feel like like I I had it in the in the very beginning. I wasn't feeling super detached. Mm-hmm. That that came later on, um, because I started to get more fearful of what I was feeling of the dreamy kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. So my, I started to get scared even more. Mm-hmm. So it just took me all the way into disassociation. So the only way I can explain what I was feeling was like I was on a really bad high. Mm -hmm. Like when you've gone and smoked weed or did any other kind of drug and you start to panic and you go into this really, really high space where you kind of like just disconnect and you're just kind of, you're in that place where it's like, I don't want to be high anymore. I just want to come down. Oh, edible high. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So so I was feeling like that 24/7. It was never going away. Oh my god. It was never going away. And so I would be walking around like, yo, I feel so bugged out. Like, you know, I was having con- panic attacks over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So the panic um which was causing my brain to go into this fight or flight um mode was what put me into the whole high intensity of <laughs> personalization so just to just to before you start and before you go further i'm sorry to cut you off but like so Mm -hmm. the personalization is defined as like uh feelings of detachment within yourself where Mm -hmm. one's mind or body is the feeling of being a detached observer of 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 yourself so it's like you're watching yourself live your life instead of actually Mm -hmm. experiencing it and it is an actual disorder um that um can be prompted by some sort of traumatic event or it could just, you know, like in Toya's case, you can sort of just wake up one day and just not feel like yourself. Um, It says folks who suffer from it um, feel like they have changed and that the world has become vague and dreamlike or less real. Um, So it's like you're outside of this reality. Uh, you're observing a reality as opposed to to living it. And so mm-hmm. you woke up March, you said first? Tw- March, March 1st. March 1st, 2018, and you felt like you were experiencing a dream. So you were living outside yeah. of your reality. So um, as it progressed, what were some of, like, you know, did you, how did you figure out that this is what what it was that you were experiencing? Um, so I got the Googling, like, I'm like that, mm-hmm. I'm that chick, I'm gonna Google every fucking thing, <laughs> um, and try to figure, figure things out. Now, I don't know if you remember, Takia, I, me and you was on Gchat mm-hmm. a lot, like, mm-hmm. I was just looking, trying to see, like, if I can find some of the conversations, <laughs> because, um, the, 
the the things that we were saying, like the things I was saying to you, I'm like, how did Takia not be like, yo, this bitch is bugging? No. I don't know what the fuck. I mean, I remember you saying about- that you you told me you told me that you were not feeling good, you were not feeling like yourself, mm-hmm. and you kept saying like, you know, my head isn't good, like something is is wrong, yes. and mm-hmm. and I remember you told me that you went to the emergency room and they were running all of these tests, and mm-hmm. I could tell that. And they admitted me into the the psych ward. Right. Mm. And I could tell that you were frustrated because, you know, none of the tests were kind of reaching a conclusive diagnosis. And it, and people were treating you as if it was like something you were making up. So I remember mm-hmm. that and was conscious about not doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like I wanted to make mm-hmm. sure that I was affirming you mm-hmm. and saying that if this is how you feel, then this is how you feel and we're going to keep we're going to keep at it until we figure out exactly what's happening. But I could tell that Mm -hmm. something was different um, with me, with you for sure. Mm -hmm. So at what point, at what point um, in this journey did you, did you seek out help? How did you, how did you start to come to terms with that and and kind of figure out what it was? So, I mean, it's hard for me to remember a lot of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm going to try to, give you key points um I know that um there was a week where my mom was like staying with me I was like scared to walk out of my room I was scared to walk out of my apartment I was scared to look at the sky anything I if I looked at the sky my heart would start racing because I would start thinking what's beyond the sky it was so fucking bizarre Mm. so I would start getting really scared and then so existential things started happening where I was just like what is life like am I really real oh my god did I die is this what happens when you die like Mm. I it was that kind of thought process but there was something um in me which I now know that it had to have been the grace of God that just was keeping me just that one little little bit of sanity mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like I was holding on to that one little shred of sanity and that was just had to have been the Holy Spirit guiding me the whole way mm-hmm. because I knew what I needed to do. Like I started to Google, I started to get to the bottom of what this was. And when I started to figure out that this was depersonalization and then figuring out like, Oh, okay. So anxiety is a symptom Mm -hmm. of the personalization. I'm sorry. The personalization is a symptom of anxiety. Mm -hmm. So when I started to figure that out, I'm like, okay, bet. So like, how the fuck do I get rid of anxiety? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, what do I have to do? So, um, you know, I started to educate myself in the process, Mm -hmm. um, at the same time trying to keep this job that I was working and that didn't work out because they ended up firing me because every time I was in a meeting, I was in there looking like a dead headlights. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they was looking like, damn, we should have never gave this nigga money. Like, <laughs> never should have gave this nigga money because we don't know what the hell she's doing in here. Oh I'm asking this girl to start to, to schedule a meeting. She can't even schedule a meeting properly, you know. So, but because I was on my laptop constantly in the day, like Googling everything. I was not scheduling no meetings. I was just constantly Googling, trying Mm -hmm. to figure out what was wrong with me. I became obsessed with it. Um, I remember times like going into the bathroom and just being like, this is so crazy and just crying, sitting on the toilet like, yo, what is going on? So I ended up finding a guy. His name was Sean O'Connor. He wrote a whole manual on depersonalization because he went through the same thing. 
Um, and I followed his whole fucking manual to the end. Mm-hmm. Like I read it in like one hour. I, I feel like I was reading on the train because it was helping me not to focus on the fact that I felt so disconnected from everybody on the train. Mm-hmm. So I was like just reading on a train and just trying to get to like the <clears> point <throat> of where you're going to tell me that this is going to stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I that was always in my spirit. Like I want to get back to the old Toya. I want to get back to how I felt before. You know, um, so that was my drive. But then in my whole journey of healing, realizing like that old that old toy is no more. You know what I mean? Like this is coming out of this. I had to become something, mm-hmm. someone else or who God was who God intended for me to be mm-hmm. is what I believe is who I started to become. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is what drove me and kept me encouraged um and and just kept me focused on the end goal which was to come out of it and feel as normal as possible mm-hmm. um i still struggle with it to till this day mm-hmm. but it doesn't scare me anymore mm. like i'll just be like oh this is you know like i be telling Kia like yo my head don't feel right mm-hmm. today like mm-hmm. feel a little off and I can tell like when I'm feeling super super anxious or if I'm having a really sad day mm-hmm. um I can tell like it, it, you know my, I'll start feeling a little weird in my headspace sometimes mm-hmm. have you yeah. have you have you talked to a therapist about this or has, oh, absolutely mm-hmm. And yeah, okay. absolutely. And so what are that, some of the? Oh, oh go ahead, sis. Uh, uh-uh, go ahead. No, I was, did the therapist like diagnose you, or you you sort of figured out? <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but I just realized that Jay still has the mask. <laughs> I love it. It's so comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead, Q. Well, I was asking the therapist because the therapist was helping you to sort of, uh, you know, deduce like what what you were experiencing. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, that was to me. I I had to really go through a. I had to, I had to go through three therapists before I got to the therapist. That I had. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I'm also I talk about it in the book and I talk about it on my podcast all the time. You have to be very intentional when you're seeking therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, very intentional mm-hmm. when you're seeking therapy because these people are caring for your mind. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you have to think about it. Like these people, you're you're actually letting them, you know, into a very sacred and a very um, 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 sensitive mm-hmm. space and vulnerable space um, in your mind. So you have to be very intentional. I had a white woman tell me that um, she thought I was ha- it was early signs of schizophrenia. So I'm now sitting on the couch like the fuck. <laughs> Wait, but <laughs> yo, so that's dangerous. That's dangerous to be. You what? Know. Yeah, that's dangerous, and man. Matt, and thank God it was me, and not somebody else. Mm-hmm. But who knows who else she could have said this to? But I know that when I left out of there, I was like, one, I'm never coming back here again. I don't care how mm-hmm. fucking depersonalized I feel. Mm-hmm. I'm not coming back here again mm-hmm. because I know that this ain't no goddamn schizophrenia. <laughs> you, and that's it, why you got to listen not, to your You know what I'm saying? Like, I was just sometimes. like, it's not mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm And I'm not going to believe that. Wow. I'm not believing that shit. So I was definitely stressed. And I remember leaving there crying and just being like, yo, this can't be no schizophrenia. Because I will say that. I don't think I've ever shared this with anybody, but my grandfather had, was schizophrenic. Mm. 
my mom's father. I mean, that's what they diagnosed him with, but we tend to believe that he had a nervous breakdown over some tra- traumatic shit. So that always was in the back of my head, like, is this hereditary? Right. Like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So I found um, the therapist that I work with now and then realized that I needed to get to the bottom of a lot of traumas that I was dealing with mm-hmm. in my life. I was a teenage mom. I was a runaway. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a preacher's kid. Mm-hmm. I was a teenage mom in college. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, it was a lot of stuff that was going on and behind the scenes with my family and me trying to raise my son mm-hmm. at the same mm-hmm. time. Things just got really disgusting between me and my father. So there was just a lot of that, um, a lot of emotional abuse on myself, emotional abuse on my part. Mm-hmm. So, like, I had to get to to the bottom of all of that. And I think that's what was starting to help me, like, realize, you know, the whole I am a spirit, I have a soul, I live in a body. So the things that happen to me is not happening to my spirit. It affects my spirit, but it actually happens to my soul so i had to get into that whole soul searching soul healing Mm -hmm. space and that's i really believe that that's where i started to really like turn the corner when i started to break it down like the soul mind mind body soul kind Mm -hmm, of thing mm -hmm. and what really needs to be healed Hmm. so what what kind of um how do i want to ask this so what what was the moment that led you to wanting to write the book altogether? I know you said you wanted to kind of, you started like kind of blogging in the process, but was it what was it that was the moment that was like I'm a I'm gonna put this in a book, I'm gonna put this out there. Um, it was one girl um, that reached out to me and she was going through the same thing, mm-hmm. and she's black, mm-hmm. and everybody who reaches out to me who's black. I mean, there's not just black people that reach out to me about the personalization, but it's the black men and women who have reached out to me and they be like, yo, I've never, in all of my Googling, it's crazy that I'm finally finding someone who looks like me that's going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I started to provide free one-on-one support to these people like because she would be like you know do you have are you a counselor you know I'm like nah I just don't feel like I should make people pay for this peer-to-peer support because mm-hmm. I'm not a doctor I'm not a therapist so in talking with her and her telling me her story and her struggling is what was like I'm just gonna like write this in a book because she would just be like saying like you know you should write this and write this somewhere or mm-hmm. share this with people because you really have helped me and so that's what, like, led me to be like, oh, let me just start writing the stuff that I'm talking about on a podcast. So I went back and took a lot of the stuff that I wrote mm-hmm. on the podcast, honestly, and just, like, put it on paper. Mm-hmm. So that's what really, that was, like, the turning point for me when um, meeting her and helping her through her, her time and being that peer-to-peer support for her mm-hmm. made me want to just, like, write a guide for people so that they could have that and it could be that support for them when they can't get in touch with me. Mm-hmm. So that's what I wanted to do. So I have to... Oh, go ahead, sis. I'm sorry. So the book, um, you know, you talk about your journey through um, or, or in managing your depersonalization and, and you mentioned that 
depersonalization is a symptom of, of anxiety. So the book is for dealing with anxiety more largely, right? So it's not just for people who have anxiety to the extent of depersonalization, but if I'm just anxious or dealing with some anxiety around other things, I can definitely find tools and resources in here that can help to manage that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I don't focus on on depersonalization at all in the book. Um, I do talk about it briefly where I'm explaining what I was going through and, and I do explain about the whole detaching from the body because people do have that mm-hmm. sometimes, especially people who struggle with panic attacks. Um, and I also touch base on, you know, there are people who smoke weed, no shade, and, and they're going through this. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, because I started to, to, to become depersonalized after smoking weed. You know what I mean? And having a little bit of a panic attack. So I'm very sensitive to weed. And there's a lot of people, like the young woman that I do the peer-to-peer support with, Mm -hmm. hers happened after smoking weed and having a a panic attack. Mm -hmm. So um, I talk about that a little bit, Mm -hmm. but I don't really go in-depth in in it. Like, really, this book is really just a guide. And you know what I mean? It breaks down what anxiety is, why anxiety happens. And I break it down in a way to make people understand it in a very simple because... I I don't be catching a lot of shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm not I'm not that I'm not as smart as Takia. What? <laughs> like I do not be catching a lot of shit. Okay. Um I don't <laughs> Right. I don't Please. like okay. sitting down re I'm just saying. I don't like sitting down reading books for a long period of time. I don't like audio books for a long period of time. So I wanted to make sure that people there's people out there like me mm-hmm. who are struggling with anxiety, who struggle with overthinking. Because mm-hmm. it really deals with thoughts. Mm-hmm more so than anything you know what i mean mm-hmm. but the overthinking is anxiety is is anxiousness and it really focuses on how to manage those thoughts you know what i'm saying and, and what to do when those thoughts come so i made sure that this was a quick read a quick listen the audiobook is under two hours you can read this book in under two hours and get all the tools you need so that you can go on about your business and live your best life I love, I love to, to see, see it. it. I'm so proud of you. Mm, I'm no, so same. proud of you. you. Same. You really, you really, and I love, I love that this is very uh, real. Because let me tell y'all, right on the cover it says, "It's a self help book." <laughs> <laughs> so if you have any question, story, it is very much a story about how Latoya helps herself through this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's something that people will connect with for sure. <laughs> Um, but you know and that's why I will I always like to be because that is my tagline relatable conversation yes. with a relatable chick you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. because I don't like therapists and no I don't say I don't <laughs> like therapists I don't like the life coaches out here mm. the self-appointed life coaches out here my lord yeah I mean you know I just know you know what and that's not even a dig at people because y'all that's what they want to do but I think that when you're struggling with your mental health and anxiety and I think it's more it's more healing and and just more embraced more when it's a peer-to-peer thing and when it's relatable and when someone can say I too have went through this same thing I too feel the same thing I too think think the same way you know, I think that I think I that, that's, of- that applies to so many different, so many different things uh, yeah. in that peer to peer help. It helps with people who are former addicts and, and so forth and so on, because it helps mm-hmm. to have somebody who's just literally gone through the Absolutely. same thing as you. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen statistics where they, they it was like um, therapy was like people said thirty six percent, but like the high, it was like seventy percent said support peer to peer support was what really helped them during their their journey on healing. Mm -hmm. So when I was seeing all of that, I'm like, okay, so that's like how I can really tap in and, and communicate to this audience is just being relatable and being transparent and sharing my story. Mm -hmm. And people always come in my DMs like, yo, thank you so much for sharing because like I didn't want to tell nobody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, but now I could talk to you about that and it just makes me feel normal. I can imagine <clears throat> especially something that's so specific as a depersonalization. And I know the book doesn't specifically focus on that, but having mm -hmm. somebody there to say, Hey, this is what I went through. I, to have somebody like that right in front of you has got to be super, super helpful in trying to yeah. deal with um, something where you feel a little bit, where you feel out of sorts and you think other people are not going to understand what you're dealing with. Absolutely. Now, yeah, absolutely. And that's how I was with the guy, Sean O'Connor, because I actually had him as a guest on my show. Mm -hmm. So if anybody's going through depersonalization, you can go back and listen to that episode. And me and him was laughing like you because now, you know, I can laugh about anything now. <laughs> God was not laughing in the moment. Mm -hmm. But like we were like comparing stories and he was just like, yeah, like he would be scared to turn on the water in his sink because he thought he was going to die. Like it was just wow. like weird shit, weird, bizarre shit. Like, you know, what I'm saying so like we would you know, giving each other's war stories behind depersonalization. And it just was like so relatable and just like, wow, somebody else was going through the same shit. You mentioned something earlier, which I thought was really good about um, how sometimes you still have your days where you deal mm -hmm. with uh, deal with some of this, maybe not like the full throttle, maybe. But how do you so when you find yourself, you've gotten to this place, right, where you found tools that have helped you to kind of pull yourself out of here and you found a therapist that has helped you in this realm and you have peer to peer support. How do you when you do fall into days like that, how do you manage that? Um, I just it depends, you know what I mean? So I, I first of all, always just be like, so where is this coming from? Like, what is this trying to figure out? Like what is the underlying issue that's mm -hmm. ha that's happening? Like, for instance, um, yesterday, I was very sad. Yesterday, very just not in a good space. Um, and I just had to sit and, like, I'll just sit and think and, like, try to figure it out and be like, well, you know, like, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And I'm just realizing, like, I'm fucking tired. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I'm, tr I'm trying, I'm doing this really alone, like, putting this whole book out alone um and it's a lot you know what i mean mm -hmm. and like just even sending out the gift boxes and all of that and the pressure on that and like trying to get all that stuff stuff done was like weighing on me mm -hmm. um and then not having a team around me to do it but just trying to do it as like the Michelle Williams of the world or the Sarah Jakes or whatever. And I know Takiya, it's not that, but <laughs> like, I want to be able to put out a good product. Like it pisses me off that no, this you, font, you, do. you can't fucking read no, it on the back. You, you know did, what I mean? But you did. A <laughs> so good, like you did so, put out a good product. And I, I mean, you did. but I tell you what, no, but I got the designer working on a new cover so I can re upload it no, now. Sure. So when it goes, trial and error. Saying that, it's all yeah. about like, you know, I saw a post today, um, I guess before Instagram walked out the job, but um, <laughs> I saw a post today from, from Malik who said, you know, mistakes are a byproduct of doing. 
Like when you do things, mm-hmm. you're going to make mm-hmm. mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, only person who said they can never make a mistake is the person who ain't never did nothing. Mm-hmm. And so, right. uh, you know, I think, you know, you learn as you go. And what I will always encourage Toy it was to not compare herself to the Michelle Williams and uh, uh, Sarah Jakes of the world, because this is a self-published book. This is something exactly. that Latoya did on her own, using her own resources and told her own story in her own way. And she's distributing it on her own. And I think that's something to be very proud of. So you cannot, and, and, you know, all of these women who have put out, you know, good, meaningful, useful content into the world. I'm not, you know, that's not a dig against them, but they also have done so with the support of full publishing houses and teams and folks Mm -hmm. who could help them manage the different parts of this process. You are doing this independently. Um, And that's something that, you know, you should be proud of. And it's a, it's a start. Like I said, I don't feel like this is going to be it for you. And as no. you continue to grow and get better, you don't know what is going to be in store for you down the line. But I just commend you for like having the idea and seeing it through because there's so many of us start things that we haven't finished. Absolutely. And yeah. I think that you have Self finished included. something. Is it, is it flawless? No. No. Nothing Boy, that yes. I've produced is ever flawless. This show Hell is no, not flawless. Not me. <laughs> so please, like I, I, I don't want. No, you know. I, I totally get that, and I totally, and that's, and the way Takia is talking is the way I have to talk to myself. Right. Mm-hmm. That is, that is one of the tools. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I have to talk myself off the ledge. I have to, um, um, be kind with myself and just be like, girl, like what? You're doing this mm-hmm. all by yourself. Trial like, and error, and yeah. trial and error. And keep it moving, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I just pray, like, you know, as the press release goes out, that people pick it up. And, I, you know, I pray that networks pick it up or outlets pick it up. And I'll, I'm just in a space of of self-love. Mm-hmm. I really am in a real... And, and, that, and I focus a lot on that in the book because that's one of the hardest things for me to do is just to, like, really love and appreciate mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and be kind to myself right. and I feel like once you get to that place like there ain't no turning back like For nothing sure. else fucking matters sure. <laughs> like mm-hmm. nothing matters so you know I really yesterday was like I'm going to take myself out to eat mm-hmm. I'm going to enjoy I'm not going to be on social all crazy I'll post here and there but I'm not going to keep scrolling and getting on my nerves with looking at other people posts <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> and I'm just going to get in this bed and watch television. I'm going to watch The Circle. I'm going to shut the fuck up. That's <laughs> <laughs> important. It's important. That kind of but stuff. Because sometimes uh, you got to say, yeah. I'm just going to shut the fuck, the fuck up. up. Yeah. And let me tell my you all, Dwatoya is talking thoughts. about this box. This box was flames, nigga. Let me tell you all what I got in this box. Besides my copy of Lose the Thoughts, Keep the Mind. I got yes. a Bluetooth eye mask, music cozy, yes. that you can charge, and then I can play my little storm music in my ears. I can yes. play my quiet storm. I can play like the thunderstorm. I like to listen to the thunderstorm when I go to sleep. It's cushy, mm-hmm. nigga. It is comfortable. It fits around these locks. So, you know, if you have <laughs> big fake hair, it's adjustable. It is adjustable. It is incredible yeah. i also got some zen in a jar 
Okay, you all yes. know we love us some Jenner and Jar over here. Dr. Nikki. Shout out to Dr. Nikki. Jasmine coconut and vanilla aloe infused body wash and uh-huh. a frankincense myrrh and eucalyptus bath and body honey. Honey. So yes. I just want you to know that you motherfucking did that, nigga. And if you have any doubts <laughs> about it, you just keep playing in your mind my voice saying, you motherfucking did that, nigga. Because you did. <laughs> That's you true. did. Thank you so much. I I always appreciate y'all's support. Um, yeah, because I mean I I appreciate y'all letting me come on y'all show because y'all famous. Oh, we're you a know village. What I'm stop it, please stop it. And please you stop. know y'all the only ones that say yes. Girl, and up. I really <laughs> please shut up. That shit. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta tell yourself so, shut the fuck you up. Know, I, <laughs> <laughs> So this is my tour. My book tour stops here. It starts and stops here. My book tour starts and stops here, y'all. And I really, really appreciate. I really appreciate it. From no, honestly, truly, no, I, I don't really want do you to be. Y'all. You know, it's it's awesome, and you are all presenting your authentic self. And Absolutely. your journey to loving and appreciating yourself. And that's a skill. And you're modeling that. That's something Absolutely. that we haven't been taught how to do. No, and we so, have not. You know, when we after we have been taught that skill, when we acquire that skill, we have to practice it. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're doing. Because we've been taught to love Jesus, oh, right? <clears throat> we've been taught so <laughs> much to love Jesus. But have we been taught to love ourselves? No, it's true, though. And I think we've been taught to love God. And, um, you know, what loving God looks like in practice. But I don't feel like personally I have gotten as much information about how much God loves me and what that Mm. means for my journey. Like, you know, loving myself because I know that God loves me and, and, and recognizing that. And so that is a conversation that needs to be had, you know, for me to be mm-hmm. at this great big age. And get in the book, girl, because it talk, talk a lot about that, know, too, girl. and the I self-love know. with God. But it's important. Yes. And and could it be that loving God also means loving myself? You know what I mean? Sure. Like, does is that a loving God a, a form of self-love mm-hmm. and gratitude? Absolutes. Absolutes. Yeah. Mm. But yes. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> You are. Yeah, I can take it to church. I'll try not to get all spiritual hood on y'all because you know. Oh my goodness. I can. Now we love to see it. I saw your, listen, I already, I already I saw y'all. your Proverbs. I saw your Jesus Proverbs. I'll, she cussed the devil right out, okay? Who, Jay? No, you will cuss the devil oh, out. I cuss the devil out <laughs> all the time because that's a creep bum bastard, you hear me? <laughs> he is a creep bum bastard. And he was out here trying to steal oh, people's Jesus minds. Lord, but I tell you what. I tell you what. <laughs> We're going to lose the thoughts and we're going to keep these minds. Thus saith the Lord. Okay? The devil can't have your mind. The devil can with his old nasty self. And he can't have mine. Nasty tail. I can't He will that. not Get have. Get him out of here. That's right. But yes, lose the thoughts. <laughs> keep the mind. How to stop overthinking your overthinking. It is available for your purchase on Amazon. Um, and everywhere you buy the books. And yes. y'all continue to support LaToya. Um, it's Audible, too. Yes. Audible, too. You can too. listen to it. 
Um, mm-hmm. And get it. And it's on iBooks. Get everything that Sorry. you need. Oh, no, it's fine. Who it's did fine. the audio? It'll be on iBooks, too. Launching on she World wrote, Mental Health Day. You hear did the audio. You did the audio. I narrated it myself. You hear Latoya yes. Cassadella in her own voice. Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes I whatever narrated won't the book bend myself. will break. I can hear Toya right now. <laughs> yes, whatever won't bend. <laughs> And you got to be flexible. See, I'm about to say, see, because that's what I'm talking about. You got to be flexible. You've got to be flexible in your journey of healing Mm -hmm. with anxiety, depression. And you have to be patient with yourself. You've got to be flexible with yourself in this whole healing process. Because we're going to be healing for the rest of our lives, honestly. No, absolutely. You're never healed. It does not stop. You yeah. yeah, it's a concert. It's a it's a. There'll a be some wholeness. Yeah, there'll be some wholeness, but we'll still be forever Absolutely. healing. Absolutely, learning, growing. Mm-hmm. You all can find the link um, to pre-order in the description box. And Toya, let them know what day it drops on again. So there's been a soft launch. So you can also you can go and purchase books now on Amazon mm-hmm. paperback, and you can purchase the Audible. The digital copies on iBooks and on Kindle drop on World Mental Health Day. Mm-hmm. You see what I did there? Yes, October I do. October 10th, this Sunday coming up, October 10th, World Mental Health Day, for obvious reasons. Because you know? the world so. needs to prioritize its mental health. Absolutely. Especially yeah. now that we are coming out of this pandemic. Are we coming out? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Wait, let me take that back. Especially that we are in a pandemic. There we go. People out here are trying to say that they are not affected by the pandemic. Every single fucking body is affected by this pandemic. No matter if they want to admit it or not. Hello, have you all been reading about the supply chains? Jesus. Yes, and statistics are showing that mental health is going to be at an all-time decline Mm. Mm. by 2022, Mm. by the end of 2022. Because the COVID is in there somewhere. God bless. Okay, God bless. The COVID is in there somewhere. God bless. God bless. God bless. Okay? So pick up the book, Lose the Thoughts, Keep the Mind. Please. Keep your mind. It is a guide. Keep your mind. Pick up the book. You can help your mind. Keep your mind. Period. Yes. All right. It's an easy read and it's a and it's a quick one. I know that's right. It is. Mm-hmm. We're so proud right. of you, Toya. Again, make sure you all check out the link in the description box to get your copies of Lose the Thoughts, Keep the Mind. And also all things Toya D, the analog girl, um, will be in the description box. But Toya's going to join us for the rest of this show, so shall we move on to this honesty box? We shall. Let's do it. Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep, focus, act, be better? There is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. Overwhelmed? Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. 
So I've been struggling in the area of actually uh, winding down when it's time to go to bed. You know, I struggle with cutting my mind off. But mm-hmm. working with the Headspace app, literally I can turn on a meditation that really talks me through processes of slowing down my thoughts and really bringing my body into a state of restfulness. And it has been clutch, a game changer. Um, Headspace is backed by over 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you and on your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash grown. That's headspace.com slash grown for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now, honey. So head to headspace.com slash grown. Honestly? Truly. Oh, it's time for the Honesty Box. And I'm going to let our guest this week come up with our pseudonym. I don't even know what pseudonym means, child. Oh, Give me a nickname. God. Give me a nickname. <laughs> <laughs> Give me an alias. <laughs> an AKA or something. An alias of what? Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, Kia, give me, okay. Kia, give me a pseudonym, Kia. <laughs> I'm done with my time with Toya. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, I know what pseudonym means, but what y'all doing with it? Like, I don't understand. This is, what, this is how we keep them the anonymous. A fake name. This is how we keep them oh, anonymous. Oh, su- why don't y'all just say, give them a fake name? God. Because the pseudonym <laughs> is a fake name. That's what it is. <laughs> so um let's call her trelisha okay trelisha (laughs) hi chef jada dr kia i love the show and i want to first say thank you for providing a safe space for laughter and learning listening to getting grown has gotten me through so many dark times and i especially love listening to the advice you give on the honesty box segment I am 28 years old and have been a godparent to my childhood friend's son since I was 19. When she asked me to be her first son's godparent, I was hesitant at first because I was so young and didn't really know what it would entail. But I thought it was the right thing to do because of our childhood history. Two years after her first son was born, she had another son and asked me to be the godparent again. I said yes again, but was hesitant because I had already agreed for her first son. At this point, she has four boys, and I am godparent to three of them. I love the boys so much and try to make sure they have what they need for holidays, birthdays, and even buy them things for when they go back to school. Here's the dilemma. Over the past year, the boy's mother has started asking me for money, for food, gas, etc. regularly. I don't mind sometimes because for the most part, she's a single mom, and I know it can be difficult trying to raise four boys on her own. The dad is in and out of their lives and doesn't contribute. But at one point, she was asking every two weeks like clockwork. I finally told her no the last time she asked and she stopped. Am I wrong for cutting her off? At this point, I feel very used. I also feel like she only asked me to be the boy's godparent initially because she knew I'd help provide for them financially. I appreciate any advice either of you might have on being a godparent. I don't have any examples to reference to know if I'm exaggerating or if my feelings are valid. Thank you, ladies, so much for listening and hope you have a great day. Trelisha. Um, 
So is she saying that she wants to completely cut ties with the mom and children, or she's just saying no? Cut them I think off she's cut the cut them off financially, um, but she also has feelings around uh, just feeling used um, financially as well. Um, so she wants to know if we have any experience with being godparents or well no i think i think that your feelings are valid if you do feel used i think it's totally fair for you to feel that way and to say Mm -hmm. that you feel that way um now you know whether or not folks will agree with or validate your feelings is another conversation but I'm saying that you have a right to feel that way because, you know, to me, you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just saying, like, you know, I guess leave space in your life uh, or, you know, for the possibility that she might be like, I'm not using you. Like, you know, um, you're, whatever. So uh, as far as that is concerned, I do think if you are feeling used, then you should speak up and say something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't feel like you're wrong for setting some parameters around um, how the relationship will look moving forward. Mm-hmm. That yeah. It's clear that you have a relationship with the, with the kids and you love them and you want to absolutely help and contribute and make sure that they have what they need. But, you know, that can be true without you assuming responsibility for somebody else's child. I think, right. you know, godparent relationships are... are are different, right? For some, for some people, some family dynamics, some situations, um, there are certain sort of expectations around what what that relationship uh, entails and what it should look mm-hmm. like, um, and those will sort of vary from person to person and family to family. So it's hard to say yeah. like what's right or wrong here. But I do think yeah. that you know, sort of articulating your feelings and then based on those feelings, making some some choices and setting some boundaries around what this, what you need um, mm-hmm. is, is more than valid and more than fair. Absolutely. Especially if you've been providing since you were 19 years old and like contributing right. since you were 19 years old, should I say, I'd like to read something to the Trilly show. Mm-hmm. Oh Lord. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no, because God parent, the word God is in there for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> you see why they're best friends <laughs> please continue the word, okay the word god is in there for a reason Trelisha, yes. and i want to read this to you this is the definition of god parent even when the parents provide their child with a religious upbringing a god parent serves to encourage <laughs> The child's spiritual. Say the word spiritual with me, (laughs) y'all. Spiritual. (laughs) Spiritual growth. Oh, really? I didn't know. Over time and stands (laughs) as an example of another adult with mature another adult with maturity in the faith. So now that we have the definition of godparent, oh, that's the real definition. I think that well, that is a definition, right? So I think I think that's what I was saying. Like you know, there's there's 
the definition, words but over time, things. you know, words mean things, words but over time, the term has evolved to have Into a range. Monetary. Right? No, not monetary. I'm saying that other people, it has a range of, of, uh, expressions like people like being a godparent for some people means that in in the event that something happens to your parents then you you mm-hmm. you know you know mm-hmm. so so there are there's that spiritual sort of um uh definition that I mean mm-hmm. is well that's what, what I, I was talk about what I was accustomed to you know that's <laughs> kind of what wow. I came up under yeah um and also understanding but I mean I understand that uh you know I'm just saying that. It's expressed differently across cultures, across all of these yeah. different things. But conventionally, godparent did did mean did have the meaning, you know that. that um, what well, does have the meaning that um, that's what you read? So you know it depends. Like when, so I think that begs the conversation. You know, when you were asked to serve in this capacity, did y'all have a conversation about expectations around what right. what that relationship right. was going to look like? Nah, and sis need to get a job. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And if no, she... sis need to get a job. And I'm talking as a as a single mom who's out here who had to figure out life. Who was? Did she say she don't have a job? Uh, she, she couldn't. Well, I mean, possibly. if she's asking, well, I don't want to say she doesn't have a job, but. Job or no job, she ought not be asking this young lady for money every two for weeks. For money. No. Yeah, no, 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 that's, that's a not job. Something no. That's reasonable. That's not no. something that's, that's reasonable. That's not nice. And I don't that's think that's not even kind. It's not reasonable. It's not even kind and to it's, do that it's, to your it's, friend. It's not, uh, you're not overstepping by having a conversation with her. For sure. Like Kia said, to enforce those boundaries and kind of, you know, kind of let her know what it is. I ain't got it like that. Like, you did not have no. four kids. And so, and that's another right. thing I want niggas to start thinking about. This is not just for you, Trelisha, because, you know, this this is not for you. But I want niggas to start thinking in the future what that, like Kia said, talk about those expectations and what those Up relationships front. are supposed to look like before you agree to Period. this type of relationship. Because then we could avoid, you know, miscommunications and expectations. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So I'm wondering if she's saying like, you know, I feel like she she made me the godparent because she's using me. Then I'm wondering. It makes me think about what what was their relationship well, prior right. to the They kids. were childhood friends, is what she said. They she said they were childhood. Yeah, friends. they were childhood. So they've known friends. each other for a very long time. Yeah, and you know, and and there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes relationships do um, change over time, right? I'm not even gonna say easy. they they sometimes change over time. Uh, depending upon people's, you know, how they evolve in their life or don't. Um, And so maybe at one point this was a situation that was working out, but if it's turned into something where it's, it's not, then it's time to have a conversation about it. Yeah. But we do need to have I'm not the right person even. Yeah. Because I'm, you know, I'm quick to just cut. Yeah, we know, (laughs) Toya. We We know. know. No, we got to I really am fighting the urge to tell Trelisha go on and cut the ties <laughs> she loves but the boys she loves the four she boys she loves the kids yeah i think she should at least cut the finances and be like what i can do for you mm. is help you build your linkedin <laughs> so that we can find you work Mm-mm. so that so that you can stop asking me for money so you can also you can help her find streams of revenue that's a that's a, that's a that's a way of setting boundaries Help her find streams of revenue so she can stop asking you. 
Or just say stop asking me because I ain't giving. Or say stop asking me. These not my kids. It's not my. Yeah, and I guarantee you, the friendship's out of the window when she stops getting her giving her money. If it is, then you know that's one thing to look at. Hopefully, it's not. Hopefully, um, Hopefully Trilisha's friend is is you know can step back and say you know what Trilisha did not have four kids and Trilisha has done what she can do and what she Mm -hmm. wants to do and I need to be grateful for that. Hopefully, that's the outcome. If she does, if she decides to cut ties because Trilisha set boundaries, well, then that's another conversation. Because, that is another conversation. Yeah. And that girl, Tony Jones, has a song on her affirmation oh, album that says, <laughs> No is Bay. Okay. Oh, that my. Is- <laughs> Yo. First of all, that was in between segments, so you all didn't hear that on the main show, but I oh, just want you all to know that's right. they got it on Patreon, so you have to go sign up for Getting Grown's Patreon. Uh, but. Yeah. Toya played no, us um, played us Maya Wilkes affirmations Maya uh, over Wilkes. a trap beat affirmation oh hell yes oh hell yes the trap oh beat. hell yes oh hell yes <laughs> what was that song healing uh, healing is healing healing is healing, healing in my heels oh, healing oh my in my Tra- heels healing in my heels but Charlisha needs to say uh, the affirmation is no is bae make no your bae oh and say no to your friend keep, who keeps asking you for money because no is bad. Oh, hell yes. So, oh, hell yes. Charlisha, we hope that was helpful somewhere in that. Um, That's right. Somewhere. Get them babies some CDs and call it a day. <laughs> Lord Okay. Get them some um, some Roth accounts. My God. And, and What's gone. the shit they call it where you take Roth everything out the refrigerator <laughs> and, and, and figure out meals from it? What's it called? Smorgasburg. What's the shit called? What? Where what? you take all the shit out the <laughs> fridge and it's <laughs> You know what? I'm done with this. I'm done with this. <laughs> I was gonna say that's what this that's what this odyssey box. Woo! Was. Lord, I just, just wanna thank eat you. Eat the meat and spit out the bones, Trelisha. <laughs> Help us, God. Okay. Eat the meat and spit out the bones, Trey Trey. <laughs> that's Trelisha. it. Continue or don't to send your honesty box questions <laughs> to Gay Girl Podcast. Sis know what it is. She won't get that girl no more money. Don't give her no more she money. She don't. She don't. wanted to make sure that she wasn't no wrong money. in she feeling that way. To. And you're not. You're not. You're, you're completely not valid. Not you're not You know wrong. what I'm saying? It may sound harsh sometimes, but that's just what it is. You, She she had four mm-hmm. kids and you didn't. And people who no. get mad at that, y'all just going to have to be mad at it. That's what the facts are. Right. You know what I'm saying? F-A-X. I didn't do that. So I'm not responsible for that. So... Yeah. That's just that on that. Um, but yes, continue to send your honesty box questions to gettinggrownpodcast at gmail.com. Let's move on to this black person self-care. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I deserve so it's time for this black person self-care. And you all know I have been doing this project for like two years now of reorganizing my home. I am proud to say it has come to a finish. My Lord, today. <laughs> no, sis, I need you to understand that I was doing this from top to bottom. I organized every linen in my I linen know. closet and put them in individual cloth bins, towels, washcloths, hand towels, yes. sheets, pillowcases, satin pillowcases. I bought things to store comforters properly. I reorganized my closet. I told you all what I did to my kitchen. I have been on a mission to make sure yes, that this have. winter 
and when I start school is going to be as smooth of a ride as it possibly can be. And there will be yes. certain things that I cannot stress myself with. And I knew that was going to be on my mind. So I made it a very diligent, very long project because orga- reorganizing your entire home is no easy feat. No. Um, Don't you feel good? I feel amazing, actually. Yeah. I feel incredible. I've donated probably seven bags of clothes uh, to mm. this church that picks up because they pick it up. And um, I really wish I w- could have found a uh, black trans organization to donate clothing to, but I've not come in contact with such one yet. I'm still on the lookout because uh, I will be donating for the rest of my life. So, but it's just, it's great to get shit out of the house, to like know that everything has a home. It feels good. And then this has really been a long time coming. Um, I've really been working very intentionally on this. And this was not just a physical project. Like it was, I needed it for my mental peace. I needed it, you know, to to get some things done um, and to be able to focus on some very specific ritual for myself and routine. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to do that with physical clutter because it was cluttering my mental. So I am really, really very excited and very proud of myself for completing such a very large task. Well, we are proud of you as well. Me too. Very nice. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, friends. Very, very nice. Yeah. What y'all got? Um, so in my self-care, I have been working on rewarding myself for accomplishing, uh, you know, short-term goals. The things that I set out to do and what I've learned is, you know, since I'm dealing with uh, some of the some of the transactional ways that I have been socialized to feel validated and affirmed. I'm recognizing that I don't have to wait for other people to acknowledge my efforts. I can acknowledge my own efforts in appreciable ways. And so I bought myself something, a small, small way that I celebrate Mm -hmm. when I accomplish a small task on my daily to do's. And so many of you who follow me, on Instagram stories, you know that there is a particular filter that brings me joy. Oh, it the is the filter with a <laughs> microphone. And so what I have done for myself is purchased a microphone of <laughs> and the way that I celebrate myself is, you know, I'll set a time. So I've been using the Pomodoro method to do with my writing. So, you know, you set a timer and you write for like 25 minutes and then you're allotted to have a five minute break. Mm-hmm. So I will set my pom- my Pomodoro timer and I will start it. And when I complete that 25 minute writing session, I will celebrate by turning on some music and singing into my microphone because that's that's my business. And it, uh, so this microphone, what is this? What, what, what are the functions of it? It is a Bluetooth microphone. I don't know if this will, uh, interrupt the sound in our microphones, but yes. So I can turn it on and I can connect it to any speaker or device that's in my home. And I can sing along into But wait, so the music still plays, but also... Yes, but I am in the music. I am the lead singer. Wow. (laughs) It is me. I am in the music. Wait, can you just sing us one line with that thing while it's on? I can't sing it. Please, come on. 
I don't want to sing. I don't want to sing. But I will say. <laughs> Come on, Kia. That I enjoy just, Come on, just give me a, a question. Mr. Telephone. Just give me a quick, like, little something. <laughs> no. Give me a ditty. Give me just a little ditty block. I don't want to, but I'm saying what what I'm laughing about is that my mom has told me, like, since I was a young lass, I have really had an affinity for microphones. Mm -hmm. And I would often be found in my mom's house just singing into things. Just Yeah. So when I told her (laughs) that I bought a microphone, she was like, I cannot even say that this surprises me one bit because you're ridiculous. And this is something you've been doing all your life. So I purchased my microphone and it is the way that I celebrate meeting my writing goals throughout the day. And I have just been writing my behind off. Not because I enjoy the writing, which I do sometimes, you know, but what has been fueling and facilitating my productivity as of late is the fact that I get to sing into my microphone as a reward unto myself. I Thank think you. that is oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Because the first time I saw that microphone on or that microphone on Kia's um, Instagram it's story, so good. I and said, that's be- not that little attached hand. That's not that little creepy baby doll it's hand. It's not the attached hand. It's in person. <laughs> okay. It's in real life. Yes. And I mean, y'all better get ready because I'm going to be in my stories like this all the time now. And I tried to record a reel today, but Instagram is still Shut acting ashes. Shut I was like down. testing. That was my that was my caption. <laughs> I was like testing. Instagram, are you working? Testing one two three. Testing, testing, testing. Between but, that you know, mic and this motherfucking face mask that I got in this box, <laughs> let me tell you something. The Bluetooth is hitting today, honey. I love it. I love it. Everyone ought to get a microphone because it just makes everything well, tell so them much where better. Where you got that contraption that gave? I actually, they're available on the Amazon, but I actually picked this up because I went to the DSW and purchased myself a pair of shoes, and this was right there at the register for oh, it was me. waiting for you. I mean, yes. I feel like the Lord placed it there for it right there for. Me. Yes. And I said, you know what, God, I thank you for this gift and I will take it home and use it every day. And I have, period. (laughs) That's right. Toya, what's your black person self care? (laughs) Mine's is not as good as y'all's. Oh, please. Um, Let me try to think of something. Let me try to think. Let me try to think. Stop doing that. (laughs) Um,. Uh, oh, you know what? I do have a self-care, a black woman self-care. I actually, in learning that no is bae. Oh, my God. <laughs> and setting, <laughs> setting boundaries. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have finally sent someone to help. Oh, oh. No, that's right. Toya, you be saying and that like you don't send people to hell every day of your life. This is true. <laughs> no, but Toya there are Scorpio. people that <laughs> listen. But there are people that I allow in my space, and I continue to allow them to do things mm. that just don't serve me or sit well with me. Mm. Um, this particular person, um, I thought we were moving forward in the dating world, and we were not. Mm. Oh um, and I. I graciously mm. sent his ass to hell. Was it good? And it was gracious because remember, Tiki, I sent you the screenshot. I showed you oh, like yes. the way I said it. I remember. I was very, uh, I was not mean. I was not um, no combative, nothing. I was gracious in my text, but I also said this 
does not serve me anymore. Mm-hmm. I am bowing out gracefully. Peace be unto you. Mm. Get the fuck off. Mm. I know that's right. <laughs> I know yeah. that's right, Queen. And, no, and honestly, I, I mean, it was like, I feel like I felt a weight lifted. You know what I mean? Because it's like now, it's like now I'm opening up the door for what's really for me, for the blessings, Mm -hmm. for whatever it's supposed to be. I was feeling a little defeated in the whole dating world, but I am very proud of myself because I am now in a place of like, nah, sis is really doing some self-care shit Mm -hmm. right now. Like she's really on some, nah, I'm not doing this no more. Mm -hmm. I don't care how much I want to be with you. I want to be in space. I don't want to be alone. Like, I don't want this. Mm-hmm. So I was very proud of myself mm-hmm. because usually I would let all of the stuff that he did slide. That's and not easy. It's not easy. But I said, no, no is bae. You said, oh, hell no. I said, oh, hell no. <laughs> oh my Healing, God. In my will. My will. Healing in my heels. My will. Healing in my heels. Healing in my heels. I'm dead calling the episode that. I just want you to know it. Healing in my heels. Let me Healing in make my a heels. note right now. No is bae. I will be saying no. Put the microphone back into the stand. I, I, I will be saying no until can I can't say back. no no more. Can you just put it back? Thank you. Just put it back. Return it. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it back now. But yes, that was my self care. Um, I'm proud of myself. But I have two because can I just tell y'all two yeah. one more? Because Jay, you just inspired me. You you made me think about how good it made me feel. I I purged my um my seasoning cabinet. Yes. And it, and I now find myself opening the cabinet and just standing there and looking like in awe, right? <laughs> in awe. Like this feels so good. In awe. Were there things that were expired bunch, that were in there? Hell yeah! And they was like cans up on the top with these like funny looking bugs on them. I don't know, like it was like oh, these weebles. brown. It bugs. looked like it looked like brown sugar. But then I'm like, this ain't brown sugar was it all like around the, the cans. Was it like the little joints that get in your flour sometimes? Yeah, where does that come from? Weebles. They just like develop, nigga. They're they're. Woo, Jesus! So I cleaned the whole itch. top cabinet out. I threw out all those cans because that was not staying. I was like, nah. All That's this why is you have to make sure stuff is like super uh, closed properly. And but they was cans. Yeah, that's weird. Okay, that's nasty. I'm yeah. actually going to now go into my cabinet. <laughs> I actually have to go. Let's wrap this up. No. She was uncomfortable. But yes, I purged my cabinets and and I feel good every time I look at it. I organized everything nicely. I'm actually going to post it on the gram so y'all can see. Very nice. I'm putting it on my stories. So yes, I had to. I'm sorry. I just wanted to let y'all know another. I think that's incredible. I actually have a spice cabinet organization party getting ready to happen on the Getting Grown Patreon. All right. mm -hmm. (laughs) I love it. That's right. Um, and we will it. talk a little bit more about that as we end the show. But let's move along to these petty peeps. Okay, okay, okay. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey, honey, honey. It's time for the petty peeves. And I'm getting really, really petty this week. Um, right. My petty peeve is duvet covers. Oh, I hate yes. them. Mm. Um. I realized a long time ago that I hated duvet covers. And apparently I bought some duvet covers uh, without buying the insert and I didn't realize it. And Mm. then they were like stored away. So as I was 
cleaning out that linen stuff I told you all about. I found those just duvet covers and packages. And it just reminded me how much I hate duvet covers. <laughs> With every... Actually, very well should. Yeah, I buy quilt sets... Um, and things like that. I cannot fuck with putting that stupid, big, giant pillow inside of the <laughs> biggest pillowcase ever known to man. It's like God's pillowcase. That's what I think a duvet cover is, which means it's not intended for me. <laughs> so that's my petty peeve this week. Duvet covers. God's pillowcase. Remind me to, to, to talk to you offline about how to put duvets on quickly. You don't have to, to because I literally will never buy another duvet cover again <laughs> in my life. In Problem life. solved. Okay. Problem <laughs> solved. Okay. Forget it. Because I use them, but I just, you know, forget it. And God bless everybody who knows how to put on a duvet cover like Toya. Y'all are the real MVPs. God bless. Thank you. Cobra was in there somewhere. God bless. God bless. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right. Let me see. Um, okay. Uh, my petty peeve is extremely petty. Um, so I was ordering groceries uh, from the Instacart. And my Instacart shopper was like, and it was was engaging with me in the chat in Insta in the Instacart app in a very bizarre way, and so I was just like, "Why is this person talking to me?" So she was like, "Hey, Takia," and she sent like twelve <laughs> emojis, right? <laughs> and then, like, as she was picking things up in the store, she was like talking to me, and I'm just like, "Ma'am, we we are not friends." We wait. What was she saying? Nice. Yo, Instacart shoppers are like that. Like they're good? like Chick Fil A like, workers. I don't want to. Why are you speaking to me? Like what? What? Oh, I'm Help total opposite. When they're nice like that, I'm like yes. Well, no. I mean, it wasn't. <laughs> so was she sending you screenshots and no, everything? She, like they don't have this, but they got no, this. No, she didn't send me screenshots. Because I feel like if if the there were a couple of things that she asked that were related to items in my cart, right? So it was like, they don't have the two liter ginger ale, but they do have this six pack, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, yeah, fine. Okay, I wasn't able to find this, um, you know, so do you want me to do something? I'll just like, no, just refund it, right? But then it got to be more sort of conversational, just like, so um, I'm trying to think exactly how she said it because I was like, um, why? I, I should have screenshotted it because I was like, this is odd. And she kept sending these emojis like after <laughs> everything that she said. She was just like, um, it's so crowded in here. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Wait, no, I've never gotten that. And then she was like, um, she was just like, do you prefer me to leave the um, groceries in the back or do you want me to leave it on the front? Oh, I see that you have instructions here, so I'll just follow those. And I'll be leaving in about six minutes. And my uh, GPS <laughs> says that I'll be there in about 20 minutes. And so um, do you prefer that I ring the doorbell or should I just send you a picture? And I'm just like, <laughs> don't ask me nothing else. I don't care to converse with you unless it is directly related to an item. Once you have told me that you have checked out, we don't have anything else to discuss. And so, ma'am, why are you texting me like we are best friends? 
what is your problem? Help me. Help me understand (laughs) what it is about me that makes you feel like I am interested in this. Help me. Because I am not. I am not. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And so, I don't know. And I I felt bad. Like, after that, I was like, am I being rude? Because I don't want to talk to her. Like, I'm not her friend. Like, why? why? (laughs) Then it was just like, well, girl, I mean, she's just being pleasant. I'm just like, but why she got to ask me 37 questions? I don't have time. Ooh, that's like the so y'all pray for on, me. On, on, the, on the um phone chat, I had to do the messenger the other day to get some help with my phone, and the person's like, "How are you doing today?" I was like, "I'm doing good. I hope your family is safe and healthy in this uh, COVID. God bless." And they like, "Oh my God, you're the most pleasant customer I've had on today." <laughs> See, Thank you for now. Caring. You and you and this lady would have been having yuck yuck chuck chuck at a conversation. I'm over here no, just like, girl, don't text go ahead no and send to my me house. my ginger ale, and I'll see you later. All right, thank you, girl. Thank you. That's all I need is the ginger ale. I Thank like you when so they're much. attentive. I pre. I like. I love when they're attentive. <laughs> I did feel like I could trust her to choose my produce, but I was just yeah. like, you know, this is fine. I'm cool with it. You know what I'm saying? See, but it's sis the niggas just got, who be she, picking them rotten ass bananas that you can't trust. She just got way. She just got really just like it was giving like. <laughs> When did we start going? To, when we start going together? Like, why are we having so much conversation? Are we dating? What's going on? What's happening here? Why are I we had talking this Cambodian so lady who looked at my produce. She looked at my um, menu one day and she was like, they don't have the coconut milk you requested, but I can tell you're getting ready to cook a really good meal. So I'm going to put <laughs> one that I recommend. Go ahead, And I ma'am. was like, yes. I feel like all of the Instacart shoppers should be old women. I think I think who so. Who know their who know what they're doing? Because yeah, and I prefer black, when, Latino, me, or Asian women. Like oh, like I just feel like Pacific um, Islander. Just kind of like remember this was a long time ago when I was still in New York and I and we did Thanksgiving, and I was in the whole, in the uh, uh, path mark with Cortez and we was oh picking God. out the collard greens and this older lady just came over and was like, "Ooh, ain't these some pretty greens? These greens are so pretty." <laughs> some pretty greens they so pretty ain't they pretty and i was like yes ma'am yes ma'am they are <laughs> she was like uh-uh look under here this is where the pretty ones are look at that that's pretty them are some pretty greens they're gonna be good get you two or three bunches of them and i'm like yes ma'am i sure will i sure will <laughs> ain't they some pretty greens ain't them them some pretty greens get you some two three bunches of them you know how old she was like <laughs> <laughs> goodness. Yeah, Look I at how pretty the them Bronx. greens are. This is those are some pretty greens, ain't they pretty? It's like, yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. They are gorgeous. I don't never Toya, not them old people around you up there. Them old people in the Bronx is hateful and mean. <laughs> nah, it's actually my building is not full of hate um hateful old See, people. Yeah, well I well, I I used to ride the BX9 every day. And this old, I remember one day I tried to help this old lady off the bus. She had like mad grocery bags. So I said, okay, I'm going to help. I said, let me, let me help you get these, get these bags off of here. She's like, I don't touch my stuff. I said, I hope every egg in your bag breaks. (laughs) (laughs) You old fly. (laughs) Like, I was (laughs) Oh, hateful ass. That is another episode of Getting Grown. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you you so much. Oh, Toya, shit. Yeah, she did. No, she did it. She did her <laughs> self care. Toya, what's your petty peeve? I don't need. I was so busy laughing. I, I didn't even think of anything. I'm like, what could I think of? What's gotten on peeves? your nerves this week? Oh well, 
Well, oh, well, mine's is kind of along the lines of not. No, it's not along the lines of Tiki's at all. Honestly, I really <laughs> and I think people in New York struggle with this a lot. Um, when you're ordering from Uber Eats mm, mm, or Grubhub, mm. and the same amount of time that it took them to ring the bell, they used to call you to, to tell ask you to you come, come downstairs. downstairs. Mm-hmm. And normally, what I say is, is that. I cannot come downstairs. I have a broken foot she and I have a making born in the house. I'm nine months pregnant. <laughs> what? Wait, no. I'm nine months pregnant and I have a newborn. I always say that I have a... <laughs> no. I, <laughs> I legit be like, oh, nah, God. I cannot come downstairs. They be like, no, it's no parking. You can park, sir. There's no police coming up this block. This block is very, very quiet. I have a newborn in the house. <laughs> I cannot leave my newborn. Meanwhile, my newborn is breastfeeding, Ian? and I'm breastfeeding. First of all, meanwhile, her I son cannot is leave. 26. Okay, I have a newborn. <laughs> <laughs> I be like, I am breastfeeding. I cannot come downstairs right now. The baby is actually on my nipple, <laughs> and I'm pumping. On the other side, and I cannot come downstairs to get the food. So I really need you to come upstairs. And then when they come upstairs, I don't open the door. I'd be like, thank you. You can leave it at the door. And then that's it. No, I just tell them, I'm like, I tip so that you can come upstairs. And so they come upstairs. Like, nigga. Yeah, it's. I paid a delivery fee really to get a full delivery. But they're wild with it nigga. because, you know. Yeah, but during because during um the pandemic, like during like the height of the lockdown, they was coming upstairs, but now niggas is getting real like I guess going no, back is. to normal or whatever. No, they is. So they don't want to come upstairs. So I got something for their ass. I'm <laughs> every time they call me, I'm telling I got a newborn in the house. I'm breastfeeding and I cannot come downstairs. Stop with the bullshit and bring my food up here. I had a little nigga suck his teeth the other day and thought I didn't hear it. One Asakai bowl. Not wait you a what, what bowl, Toya? Asakai bowl. <laughs> All right, and that concludes this week's episode of Getting Grown. We really appreciate you joining us, and we appreciate your patience because we really need your patience. We need your patience, especially right now. And so we want to thank you all for listening to Getting Grown and your patience in enduring this ridiculous episode. It has been a joy having you at the kitchen table uh, for another week of foolishness. You know what I'm saying? We thank you for your time. And I'm going, Jay is unable to take us out because she's down. But I will say this. I want each of you to continue to take care of yourself. Moisturize your mind by minding your business, okay? The business that is yours. Then you want to moisturize your insides (laughs) by drinking the Lord's water, okay? He created it for you, and I want you to drink it and enjoy it. Refresh yourself, okay? And then I want you to moisturize your skin because your black Mm -hmm. will crack. Your acetide bone won't get delivered. And Soya, for the 19th thousandth time it is pronounced <laughs> acai bowl. Oh, it is an acai bowl. It is an acai bowl. An acai bowl. And you guys are talking about an acai bowl on the internet. And it don't do nothing but embarrass me. Nothing. <laughs> but listen, y'all, oh, if y'all want to, if you want to, if you want to get over, if you want to stop overthinking, and you want to manage your thoughts, y'all. And you want to have a couple of laughs because you will have some laughs in this book. 
please go out there and buy the book. Boy, I just I wanted to say that again. <laughs> With the Akasai book. <laughs> and, and good night. <laughs> good night. Lose the thoughts, keep the mind. Oh, that good sounds night. like a variant. <laughs> Have you ever wondered what the stars have to say about your favorite artists and writers? Listen to Stars and Stars with Issa, where I, your host and astrologer, Issa Nakazawa, read and interpret astrological birth charts of luminaries like W. Kamau Bell, Gia Tolentino, and so many more. You'll discover how astrology can unlock fascinating insights about these stars. And who knows, maybe you'll learn a little bit more about yourself. Listen to Stars and Stars with Issa wherever you get your podcasts.